Bart Hanneman, JH Operating. Appreciate you joining the program here today. JH Operating, talk to me a little bit about you know what you guys are doing and how you're involved with uh, oil and gas companies, petroleum industry. Well, first of all, you know, I appreciate you letting us come on here and talk to you. But so what we do mostly is uh, engineering consulting, not exclusively. We do a little bit of um, site supervision, uh, both on the construction side and the well uh, workover side of the world. Um, and then as an engineering company, mostly we've done a lot of things on the facility side, uh, but we do quite a bit of downhole engineering as well. You guys are out of Billings, Montana. Do you have any other locations, or is that uh, enough for now? That's enough for now, I suppose. Uh, no, but we're based out of Billings, and then we do have an employee down in Wyoming. Oh, you do? Okay. I was going to ask you, are you in uh, many shale plays, or are you just kind of uh, around that Billings area? That What do they call it, the Rocky Mountain region? No, sir. We only work shale, basically. That's not, it's not that we only want to work shale, but... Uh, we have a fair share of experience in the Bakken, the Eagleford, uh, gaining some experience in uh, the Powder River, and have worked the Delaware as well. Delaware down in Texas. In Texas, you like? I, I always have to clarify that because um, I, I think I think I tricked myself on that first one. I went, "There's shale place in Delaware," and then I have to take a step <laughs> back and say, "No, Delaware play, you idiot." Okay. Um, Anyway, uh, okay, so you you basically will go anywhere, but you're just doing shale plays right now. Um, you know, you gotta get your what, is it, what do they walk before you crawl, if you will, because you aspirations doing beyond that. But talk to me a little bit about how your year went. Uh, we're doing kind of year end interviews, and everybody's year is different. You know, different perspectives. The frac sand guy is going to be different from the uh, engineering guy, you know, and, um, sure. you know, and then the solution, the cleanup people, the, everybody's got a different type of a year, but over the 2009, was there anything that stood out to you, either a story or a trend or an issue or something like that, that you guys are keeping an eye on or just process through? You know, it was definitely an interesting year with the fluctuations in the oil price. So, and working with our clients and when everything from money is no option, let's go get this done on schedule to money is everything, you know, we need to make sure every dollar is spent very intentionally. Um, you know, so I, yeah, that's how the, that's how the year went for sure. Um, for that's a us, great way to put it, by the way, money, money is no option to money is everything. That sums up the year right there. I think. Yeah. Or, I mean, and because it switches that quickly. It really does. I mean, when we were up at 70, everybody was getting pretty doggone excited. And then in, by, by August, it was back in the 50s, right? So. Right. Uh, so l looking at 2020, how are you guys looking at positioning yourself for next year then? So far, so good. Uh, we have some projects um, already in the pipeline. Uh so very excited about that. Um, most of them are down in Texas, Delaware Basin, uh, although working with some Powder River uh, operators equally as excited about that. Um, and, you know, uh, the rest of us just hustling. Got to uh, 
got to talk to the right people and keep on doing, you know, work that speaks for itself and getting the referrals. Uh, so we, we know we know what our first quarter looks like, and so we'll be all right. And then after that, we need to make sure we get some more projects. Are you are you finding that um, the political climate has caused you guys to go look elsewhere or change your change your practices in any way? I'm thinking of Colorado. I'm thinking of BLM in Wyoming, where they've added these you know these new restrictions on there and. Created, you know, you mentioned earlier, but I'm sorry. Um, Wyoming is working exactly opposite of that with the new uh, restrictions uh, in order to for folks to make sure that they're complying. um, You know, that's when they're looking to consultants to say, "Hey, have you done this before?" Uh, And so, and when that answer is yes, you know, you're in a really good boat. Alternatively, even if the answer is no, you know, hey, I have the time. I'll look into it for you. And you know, a lot of the um, a lot of the operators are already running lean. So when a set of new regulations come in, at least temporarily, until people figure it out, kind of how what the new rules are, um, you know, people are drowning in the new rules. So they bring in some extra extra help, at least temporarily. So, and then that, and that's where our business is coming from, actually, in the powder. Oh, no kidding! So that's that's created some opportunities for you guys. That's right. And then obviously those will create additional opportunities. That's the idea behind it. So we hope so. Sure, you know, make a good name at that company, and then when they have a either a, a small or large project that they don't have the bandwidth for, then hey, we can give that that engineering company a call that we used last time. They did a good job. Where are you seeing the major changes coming from? And and I asked that question because, you know, when the when Colorado got all the news, especially around here, there was some public health uh, restrictions in terms of setbacks and, and, and how many feet from schools and public structures and things like that. And lately, they've been really going after the air quality. And so... When I, you know, and both of those have to do with regulations and restrictions. Um, in in the Wyoming Powder River BLM areas, and maybe any other knowledge you might have behind it, where, where are you seeing the uh, restrictions changing, and and some of the, I guess, the emphasis, if you will. You know, that's, that's a it's kind of a tough question, and maybe it's just because I'm head down a lot of the time, you know, working the projects that I am exposed to. Um, so I don't really, yeah, no, I get really it. know what's coming down the pipe. I do know that the answer is almost always sound in engineering, right? So you, you discussed emissions, um, you know, so whatever the, the problem statement ends up being, uh, if it's reducing emissions, okay, well, let's pull the engineers in, make sure that we're calculating our emissions appropriately. Uh, do we need a combustor? Do we need a VRU? Do we need a VRT? Um, you know, what does that look like? Uh, if we drop in a lact, we've decreased our emissions again. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of this, you know, the same, it's a different lollipop, the same flavor a lot of the time with the sure no i terrible yeah. analogy and i apologize immediately well no um, it no it does it does make sense because it, it to me it sounds like a, a, a lot of the same but you need to come up with a new way 
And I, That's right. all I thought was, you know, a new Barbie or a, a Barbie with a new hat. So it was what I thought of when you were talking, actually. That's what I thought of. And so yeah. that was an old you Simpsons know, thing. obviously a different story, right? You know, it's hard. You can't engineer your way around an offset. But it, um, and, and that's okay because, like, you know, even, even what, like what we do, uh, part of our marketing in 2020 is uh, we have to reinvent energy. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm hearing here is that, uh, basically they're saying we've got to get the emissions down. We've got to get this down. We've got to, you know, get, um, you know, <laughs> public scrutiny down, if you will. So we've got to, I mean, there's a lot of areas that need to be reinvented, to be honest. I mean, there was when, and I bring this up a lot, uh, and because I think 2020 is going to be a very, uh, important year for oil and gas. I think it's going to be the most important year in its history, to be honest. Um, you know, when I, when I started doing some speaking this summer at some conferences about the state of energy and kind of giving a gut check about, you know, we, we just had uh, the greatest 10-year history in, 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 in industry's history. I mean, $100 oil, man, $100 oil. We spent more money. We made more money than any other 10-year period in history. Let's take a look at what happened. We got two, and this was this summer, we've got two presidential candidates trying to ban oil and gas. We have states that are implementing, you know, restrictions where they're calling them bans and you've got the green new deal trying to put us out of business. We, we got to really start doing things differently because we've spent more money and made more money over the last 10 years than any other period in history. And that's when the bans are coming. That's when, you know, right. th this is happening. So I think everything's on the table to reinvent honestly. And so what, what you're, what I'm hearing is that that's what they're doing out in the field is it's it's even bled into there to where they're saying hey this is not new we need to reduce emissions so what do you got <laughs> it's like who's, who, who's got a better yeah, idea I mean, it's very similar to when north dakota implemented their emissions um you know their plan to decrease emissions so the, the i don't know all of the exact numbers but i think the first year was a company could produce or could Flare twenty two percent, a maximum of twenty two percent of their mm -hmm. uh, their gas. Yeah, they had and they then, had percentages, and then yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then it stepped down uh, year over year, mm -hmm. and some of that was midstream, um, but it wasn't actually, if I remember correctly, I'm not sure if it was actually a straight flare number or if it was a VOCs number, um, but anyway. Yeah, but less gas in the atmosphere has been a, a theme for the last five to seven years, I would say. Yeah. Probably before that, uh, that's just when I, I was involved. I was probably involved in something different before that, but it was probably still going on. So let, let me ask you the million dollar question here. Are, are in, I don't, you know, I'm not looking to disclose business plans or anything like that, but are the companies getting more efficient out of this? to emissions i.e. capturing more yeah i mean at the end of the day are they are they getting more efficient with their capturing emissions is it is it saving them money um at some point or is or is it is, is it is it a new cost of doing business type of a thing because you know they all exist i guess you know the gas price there's just not a lot of value in the gas so well no in the permian they have to I pay people to take it away of a cost of doing business yeah yeah that's what i'm not 100 percent sure on that 
Well, that, and, and, no, you're right because they've been pretty upfront about that. They've been talking about the economics aren't there and, and, and everything like that. So, uh, okay. Well, uh, t uh, talk to me about, uh, your, your guys is, uh, how you're doing some of that then, you know, is with, um, with, with these companies, you know, you're, you're matching up certain things, but are they being able to utilize it and then replicate it to the other areas, other well sites and etc. You know, again, for the most part, that all comes down to midstream contracting and making sure that you have good offtake. Um, and then beyond that, it's making sure that you have good incineration and don't have any fugitive emissions, um, which is where you drive up your VOCs as well as you're just simply out of compliance uh, if the regulatory agencies show up and uh, you know, see fugitive emissions coming out of your facility. So it's more about making sure that you don't have that. Sure. All right. Well, I got one more question for you, and then we'll let you get on with the day. But it has to do with the cold weather and the uh, warm weather type of a thing. Uh, gotcha. you, you've got experience in both Texas and, and North Dakota and Wyoming. So uh, you got any advice for how, how people can tackle those two different climates? I mean, I talked to a guy earlier, and it was 90 degrees down, down where he's at. And I talked to another guy. Well, I, I walk outside, and it's minus 20. Well, for the record, I was in Texas this morning, and it was like 35. So. Well, that wasn't too uh, bad. Okay. Yeah, it gets it gets chilly. I won't call it cold, but it gets chilly down there too. Um, yeah, I mean, some some it's, it all comes down to doing the little things right. The big things take care of themselves. So, down in Texas, you have downward facing drain points all over your facility, so that. Um, if you need to work on something, you can very easily drain it, um, and go about, you know, and, and tear your piece of equipment down and go about your business. Whereas in the colder climates, if you do that, um, that drain point will collect liquid, probably water, and then freeze and crack and be a leak as opposed to a, this really handy drain point that you thought you were going to put in there. Um. You know, and then the other one comes down to, you know, proper insulation, whether that's a building or heat tape and trace. Uh, both of those answers are good, uh, and both of them are needed in our kind of environment. Um, Bakken less so than Powder River, uh, just because the salinity of the produced water is is really high in the Bakken and not so much. So your freeze point, I think, at the Bakken is like negative 16 for your produced water, um, whereas in uh, the Powder River, you're doing, I don't know, I don't know what the exact number it is, but probably closer to 20, plus 20. Mm -hmm. That's big, it's a big temperature swing. There's a lot of days lower than plus 20 in the Powder. A lot of variables. Um, you know, and, and we talk about this on our program all the time. You go, you know, down in Texas or the Bach and you go a foot to the right or a foot to the left and you got to bring a whole new chemistry team in because it changes that much. You know, I mean, I don't think people understand that, that a lot of this stuff isn't a one size fits all deal. I mean, it's, it's specialized to the foot, to the inch sometimes, um, that might be a little exaggerating there, but not as much as, as you think, Hey, you do downhole, right? 
Yes, sir. Yeah, one more pop question for you here, because um, one of the stories that we've tracked over the past year is there has seemed a pretty good shift. You know, you talked we talked earlier about, you know, kind of there are some things about the cost of doing business and regulations can open up some opportunities for some, but cost for other. Well, the the one the downhole what I've I've heard quite a bit is that more of these video operators are getting um called for preventative reasons they're finding that the downhole uh you know in information can somewhat be beneficial to save them money and be in a preventative way um just curious on on are you seeing any of these these technologies that are either downhole or some of the other areas that are really catching on more over the last year or two i'll I'll address the camera first and then we can move on to some of the sure yeah Um, yeah so one uh the cameras i know that the cameras have come a long way i mean a decade ago and we were talking about cameras um it was new technology and it was fuzzy uh and i know that it's come a long way i have still not run one um that doesn't mean I wouldn't like to um, or I wouldn't if the need arised um, just haven't been in the situation before mm-hmm. um, and then on other downhole technologies um, one that and I can't remember the vendor uh, probably shouldn't say the vendor's name anyway so it was a TCP technology that allowed you to basically run your entire perforation program in on pipe uh but you didn't have to have um you know shape charges every x number of feet uh it was actually actuated via uh, a pressure trigger so you just drop uh a little ceramic ball just like uh, if you're doing a motor disconnect and that actuates the guns and so you could do hey i want 50 feet of this perf, and then I want to skip 50 feet, and I want to do this 50 feet. Um, and so that was pretty neat um, and is real handy and uh, when you have big intervals like that. Uh, but that's actually, I've done, we've done it in uh, horizontal wells on a recomplete. So it was, it was much less expensive than trying to tractor or have just a shot density that would have been really high relative to skipping undesirable zones well i like to give people the last word so kind of that way the question isn't framed by me but anything we left out anything that uh, you want to reiterate anything you want people to know about what you guys are doing in the energy industry feel free because the uh, floor is yours sir gotcha i appreciate it. no again thanks for having us on um we're excited about 2020 uh we think it's going to be a good year a good year of not necessarily production growth, but good year of uh, projects and uh, certainly a lot of change in the industry, but I think it's going to be good change. Um, one side note on a comment that you said earlier, you know, the more places that lock us out, the higher the oil price will be, the more lucrative it will be for those of us still in the industry um, and fun. So, yeah, don't forget to have fun, I guess. <laughs>